Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Horror House Podcast. I'm Chris. Uh, you beat me to the punch. I'm Dave. <laughs> I gotta be on my game next time. I had to. I, you threw me a wrench last week, so now I figured it was it was my turn. Every every good yeah. turn, they say. You know, you know no, how it is. Yeah, no, no good turn goes unscrewed. Something like that. <laughs> welcome to the philosophy podcast. <laughs> Yes. So I am, I am D, the enlightened one. Oh, I am thou who shalt not be named. <laughs> nice, nice. Just as uh, before we get started uh, on anything, Dave, tell them where they can find us on everywhere on the internet. We are all over the interwebs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, the Horror House Two. Or you can find us on Facebook on the Horror House page. Uh, Horror House. Just, we're out page. there. Come, yeah. come find us and talk to us. Tell us some movies you want to see. Tell us. Search for us. We're like, we're like a buried treasure out there waiting to be discovered. Yeah, dig us up. Throw, throw the dirt over your shoulder, and then there we'll be talking about some movies. We would love to uh, get some more uh, fan interaction. Uh, or hate mail. Send us some hate mail. Tell I, us. Uh, I'm so why excited you hate about this movie. I can't wait for hate mail. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Parker, this is your chance. Balls in her court. First and time that's ever been said. I wish I was within elbow nudging range. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna start start the show off weird this week. That's just how it is. Usually the Sarah Jessica Parker is. Buried. You gotta, you gotta want it. It it trickles in, but we're coming out with it full force this week. Yes. So th- this week we are talking a little Roger Corman flick. You m- maybe know, maybe you don't know. X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Nineteen sixty-three. That is the that is the what do you call it? Uh, the the main course. Oh yes. The the. Entree of the evening. And a little later into the episode, we're going to have a little discussion with a, with a guest. Another guest. we got so many guests on this podcast, you can't believe it. People are people can't wait to come on the podcast and talk with us about our movies. i got to beat them away with a stick. It doesn't even... Back off. We'll come to you. We'll get you. We'll, we'll get you. But it is always fun to beat somebody with a stick. So stick around after our discussion about Man with the X-Rise, and we're going to have a little bonus discussion, interview, chit-chat with with uh, who, we, who we chatting with this week. Uh, our Twitter follower and friend, uh, Jeff Mullen. He's going to give give us some, uh, some words of wisdom, maybe. Stick around and find out. First, uh, let's talk about what we're up to lately. Chris, what have you been doing? Oh my God, we've I've I've told you a little bit about it already, but I've finished it. I've watched it twice. Watched it once by myself. Watched it again a day later with my wife. The Chernobyl, the HBO series, blew my mind out out of my eyeballs completely. I've Ooh, never I've is... never been so affected by a television show in my life. It was amazing. You you were really high on this show and and really uh talked it up at the uh 
Dungeons and Dragons the other day. Uh, not only after you had uh, had a little bit to drink, but even before you were really high on this show. So, if I was, to, I don't know what I talked about once I drank, but I know for sure a little bit of everything. <laughs> you have to watch this show. It, it, it there's there's horror in it, like all in it. If you like, if you're into horror, it's got something for you. There's some drama shit. There's, you know, the real life aspect of it. So I, I cannot recommend it. I think this is the thing so far that I recommend the most on this podcast. You, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. I can't recommend it enough. But that's my main thing that I've watched. What, what about you? Uh, well. We've watched uh, Doctor Sleep, the successor to uh, The Shining. Uh, excellent, excellent movie. It always hurt me in my heart that um, Stephen King didn't de- doesn't like his own movie. Uh, and granted, mm-hmm. you know the Stanley Kubrick Shining, Stephen King felt like it was not his movie. Uh, because Stanley Kubrick did change. He'd take a lot of liberties there. And, um, but, but it was nice to see Stephen King kind of embrace that, the, the visuals and the story that that movie told and come back with Dr. Sleep. Um, excellent, excellent job. Um, not just furthering that story, but kind of, opening up the Stephen King world. Uh, it's great. Uh, Stephen King is, you know, he's having a little bit of a resurgence with, super super resurgence last few years. The the it movies, the doctor sleep, the talk of a Stephen King universe, um, the castle rock series. Uh, he's uh, tied somehow. And I'm probably a terrible fan for not knowing how, to the Nosferatu <laughs> show. Um, oh, I've not watched that yet. Uh, so we watched the first episode, and uh, I'm very intrigued to see where this is going to go. I like it. And then also this week we watched another horror movie that's uh, a very unique uh, horror tale, Ready or Not. I hadn't even heard about this movie till you told me about it. <laughs> Come uh, on, marketing. Damn. You guys ain't doing your uh, jobs. You're, you must not be watching the right show because um, a co-worker told me today, oh, they've been I, – I watched something on the CW, and uh, they've been advertising the crap out of that movie. But it, it really is good. It's a woman marries into a wealthy family, and uh, the family are convinced that the devil – has told them they have to play a game anytime on the wedding night, anytime somebody marries into the family. Depending on the game they play, if they play hide and seek, they have to hunt the uh, newcomer to the family down by dawn and ritualistically murder them. Dead by dawn, dead by dawn. I'll eat your soul. Sorry. Oh, ne- never a bad time for that. Oh, never yeah. a bad time for that. It's it's those sub- subconscious triggers, evil dead triggers. Yep. But they're I, with us. We told we told you a couple uh, episodes ago when we were talking about the Evil Dead. We're fans. We just think that Evil Dead Two was a you know a recap of Evil Dead One. Yeah. Plus plus bonus. 
So that's what I've been up to this week. Uh, so, so, so a good week, I think, for us. Hell of a, mm-hmm. hell of a, what you doing this week? So much stuff. Did I mention Chernobyl? <laughs> You've got me intrigued. I, I think I, I'm going to have to uh, buy the HBOs or get a one month um, free oh my God. trial to the HBOs so I can burn down some Chernobyl and Watchmen real quick. The, I, it, it's only five episodes, so there's that. It's not hard to get through. I've watched it twice. And I, with TV series and me, don't don't blend. Sometimes I gotta drop out if I see too many episodes. I'm like, this ain't for me. I, 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 you know. But if you do this, I, whenever you do this, I I need you to watch the show. When you do, let me know because we're gonna do a episode on the show. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Uh, I will have to uh, watch this so we can. Uh talk about it on the podcast and outside of the podcast yes but let's go ahead and get into the meat of this this bitch episode 13 x with the man x the man x x man with the x the ray 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 with the eyes something Uh, i didn't expect that but here we are uh, released in September on September 18th, 1963. This is by far the oldest movie that we've reviewed to date. But um, what else happened in September of 63, Chris? So, a little bit of trivia that I kind of... I, I shouldn't say created. What is it? Like, I discovered, I guess. So, there was a comic book adaptation of X, The Man with X-Ray Eyes, that came out this same month, September 63. And I'm, I'm looking X the man X men. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder when that first issue came out. Same fucking month, September 1963. Uh, it can't be a coincidence. There was can't something going on. Three things: X the man with X-ray eyes, X the man with X-ray eyes, comic book, and then the X Men, all the same month. And for bonus points. I looked up the prices of these comic books to see, you know, maybe we've got some collectors listening, Dave. Maybe they want to know where they can get some of these comics. Or how much... Yeah, how much I is, get a... Forget the they? X-Men. I want X the man with the X-ray eyes on comic book. Well, listen. I looked online, man. I, I, I did some of the Googling, as the kids do these days. You can get a copy for seven American dollars. Condition unknown. <laughs> oh... That's where they get you. Now, the other IP, the X-Men, whatever they are, uh, I found a very damaged copy for about $2,000. So, which is the better value, you tell me. I don't know. It's anybody's game at this point. But I thought that was interesting. Just the price difference. They all come out you know, together. I don't know what led to this. Something had to lead to this. Who knows? I I wonder, you know, the fifties, they liked their X's, uh, Planet X, uh, Ingredient X. Uh, you know, they, if anything they didn't know, they just substituted right. X. You know, <laughs> the, Grandma, these these are this is really good uh, pot pie. 
What's the secret ingredient? It's it's the X. I was so wanting you to say X meat. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh, but yeah, X. X meat is the beast after he gets uh, shot in an unfortunate hunting accident. Oh my god! <laughs> he he should have worn a blaze orange vest. It's the it's it's the law. <laughs> it, it is the law for re, for good reason. Uh, but this is directed by none other than Mister Mister Roger Corman, the king of the B movies. And I unfortunately am not that well versed on my Roger Corman. I'll admit it. Maybe maybe I should be replaced. I understand. I get it. But this, I, I can't. I couldn't. I looking through his disc, discography, his filmography, I couldn't see a lot of stuff that uh, he directed that I'd seen before. So, in a way, this is really the first Roger Corman movie I've experienced, knowing yeah, that it's Roger he, Corman. So, Death Race was. What did he direct that, or was that a producer? Um, I thought he directed it, but I not. I'm not seeing it in his um, IMDb as uh, as directed. We have to mention his producer credits. I mean, his director credits ain't nothing to be, you know, offended. But like, he's got 56 director credits, but his producer credits, 415. That's impossible. I don't even know that I've seen that many movies. <laughs> Dude produced some some stuff. I mean, he was a producer for sure. I see it right there. 1975, Death Race. I I thought he directed it as well. It's a great it's a great movie. Sly Sly Stallone up in there. Yes, uh, in his second movie, first being uh, porno. <laughs> was that the Italian? Did they change the name of that to the Italian Stallion after Rocky came out? They're like, oh, we got a cushion on that. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not up on my porn trivia. I. I can only assume they had. That is such a good idea. If it wasn't, then if they did, then great idea. If they preemptively got there, then they're geniuses. <laughs> Have you watched it? Have you watched it? No. Oh, Slice Alone is great. He's the heel. Uh, of course, it's a cross-country race. The I thought, we, I thought you were meet. talking about the porn. <laughs> no, not the porn. Not the okay. porn. I, don't, I was I like, could, wait, I clearly don't understand pornography because there's heels? Oh, there, there's heels and, and baby faces. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have yeah. seen Death Race on your okay. suggestion years ago. That was the one of the last movies I can remember getting on DVD. In the mail from Netflix, it was Death Race. Oh, <laughs> the good old days of Netflix. Yeah. Oh, I. But yeah, that was good stuff. It's great when um, he needs extra points. Sylvester Sloan's trying to boost his points a little bit, so he throws <laughs> it in reverse and runs over his own pit crew. <laughs> that is a great moment in that uh, movie, and my favorite movie in Death Race is um, when they go to the hospital. And uh, as they're driving to the hospital, the announcer says uh, they have a banner outside the hospital that says Happy Euthanasia Day. Yes. And they're putting patients in wheelchairs <laughs> and stretchers out in the middle of the road to get run over. 
And David Carradine uh, is coming down on him so fast. And then he turns and jumps up on the sidewalk. And it's it's hidden by bushes. You just see doctors and nurses come flying over the bushes. <laughs> and uh, the announcer says, uh, he's passing up a lot of points, but I think he's making a statement here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you ever watch? Uh, we're, uh, we're getting so sidetracked by Death Race, but it's important. Did you ever watch the remake to that? Because I, I didn't. I was just wondering if you had. I, I did. I did. I'm sure it can't hold a candle to the what that was. It just the just it, a couple clips you explained. Like I no, can't. It's, it's, it takes itself a little too seriously. The 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 2008 remake. It takes itself a little too seriously. It's oh, a shame. Yeah, There's so much it, they could do with that these days, like a movie oh, like that. If, you know, tongue-in-cheek, just get in there. And yeah. I, That's what little I know about Roger Corman. That kind of sums him up to in a degree to my mind. I don't even know if that's right. But I always took like the kind of tongue-in-cheek, like so, sort of like approaching the trauma kind of side of things, but not quite there. But with... Like I'm low, sorry, go ahead. You know, just that lower budget, you know, kind of get in there, do it kind of movie making is what, what I always attributed Roger Corman, even though I can't, you know, I think X is really the first movie I've watched of his. <laughs> you know what else I'm not seeing in his IMDb? What's that? Fantastic Four. Oh... Um... How can they not? Maybe because it's not released, they can't officially put it on there. Do you guess? Oh, I wonder. I wonder. Because whoa, we could that could be another episode. The horror that was the <laughs> making of that movie. That uh, that documentary. I think we've talked about that documentary before. That documentary mm. is that movie. That production was crazy. The documentary is great. Oh, oh I, yeah, I found it. I found it. I oh, just wasn't looking in the right spot. Uh, 94. I remember reading Wizard Magazine back in the day when that was trying to come out, when it was being made, and just being like, uh -huh. oh, this is next level stuff. This is going to, this is legit. Like those old Captain America movies from the 70s and 80s, the, you know, Bill Bixby Hulk, that ain't going to hold a candle to this stuff. You see the thing? Like that's, that's, some, that's some movie magic. <laughs> It is. <laughs> to be young and naive again. God damn. The best thing about the documentary, the dude that played Doom, do you remember? Was so like, I'm, I'm a thespian. I put in my heart uh, into yes. this role. Holy, holy. Yes. Like, have pride in your work, sir, but know when your work ain't what you no, think he was, he was he was very much I think they all were they were all very hard in the paint they all really yeah. thought they were doing something great um, but it, boy oh boy it really was just a ploy to keep the movie rights keep the rights it's so shitty that is so shitty whereas in nowadays they'll make the shitty movie but they'll put it out there fan, yeah, they, fan yeah. four stick it made it out there oh <sighs> <laughs> I had so much hope for that. And I, I, I don't oh. not like it. The the part I like the, I dislike the most of that movie is uh, here on the Fantastic Four podcast <laughs> is um, 
the Doom, what they did with Doom. I liked everything but that. You liked everything but that? Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked. Yeah, I, think... I liked the 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 idea. I liked the part of it. Yes. I was really. I was I set it up to fail early on because I remember when they were making it, the director was saying how he was like inspired by Cronenberg for this stuff, and I understand mm-hmm. to a degree what he's wanting to do, but at the same time, you're talking a superhero Marvel movie, like the it, you can't Cronenberg out Marvel like what he was saying. <laughs> like I, I know I mean, there's body horror of it, but you're going way far left to for a thing that doesn't need that in my opinion you know yeah i'm i'm at the taco bell i'm just trying to pay for a taquito and all of a sudden i my body bursts into flames that's horrifying you know i mean yeah it is but it's also i think that he wanted to take it further than it needed to go you know like i don't know we could have a whole episode on the, the the that which I think it's interesting to see. Maybe one day we should have an episode on that, like the horrors that you know going to further extremes of superhero stuff of of other movies. Mm-hmm. That you know, once you get to a certain place, it's like, do you go further than that and go horror, or do you pull back a little bit and try to you know? Because I think if fan four stick if he'd went further then it w- it could have absolutely been Cronenberg and it would have been impressive <laughs> that they did that but I don't I think it would have worked for you know Marvel's first family it's but I don't yeah you're I'm, I'm always willing to be proven it's, wrong uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where the MCU takes it obviously they're not going to take it in a horror direction yeah and and the camp direction's already been taken too. So uh, you know we'll see how seriously they take them. But um, the fantas the Fantastic Four comic books, the covers of those early issues. I mean, they look like horror movie. They look like yeah. horror comics um, because Marvel wasn't sure that they could do superheroes without getting the pants suit off of them. Yeah. Uh, so some of those early issues, the the covers is all like uh, the gang. They look more like the Scooby Doo gang than superheroes because <laughs> they're wearing they're wearing their '60s clothes yeah. and they're fighting you know monsters, giant monsters I- instead of other superheroes. It's really kind of weird. But. Some of those monsters are really cool. Though. I love some of those monsters, like the the mole man like his like yes what was the giant thing that he was associated with i forget there were so many like cool like giant monsters on those old old school covers and stuff that i don't know yep. like gorgogoros yeah <laughs> shit like that is so cool but to end this fantastic four podcast <laughs> the story on this was written by Ray Russell, who actually, he's a writer. He's got several books. I don't know any of them because I am barely a reader. My brain barely functions in that regard, unfortunately. Still working on Pet Cemetery. if you remember from the first couple episodes. I said I was reading that. She's still about half finished, sitting there. I'll get there. 
Still, still reading it. <laughs> it's it's in my arm's reach. I could, you know, I'll get there. A budget of twenty eight or f- I forgot how numbers work. Two thousand eight hundred. Say these numbers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, j- Thank you, Genesis County Schools. Oh, I was uh, not. I can't read. I don't know numbers. $280,000. $280,000. Unsure about the box office on this on this beast, but I mean. We know how many people saw it in France. There is box office admissions for France. I don't even understand why such a niche piece of information exists, but not a wider thing. Right. But so, I mean, that's kind of a modest budget, I would say, even then in 1963. That oh yes, definitely, definitely. And for those who don't know Roger Corman, this sums up Roger Corman exactly. He was ecstatic that they got the movie in for under three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, see, I that mean, that that's his goal. Let's. How quickly and cheaply can I make this movie? Okay, so for comparison, the budget for Night of the Living Dead '68, 114, but no, 114,000. But that was a bunch of dudes in a film, yeah. uh, in a field. Yeah, and this had some this, effects. I mean, I guess they both did, but like this had tried to pull off some stuff. <laughs> yeah, Roger Corman had been producing movies for 10 years by the time this came out yeah so it's not his first rodeo and he's whereas a, it it was the first rodeo for the uh nine living dead guys the romeros yeah i mean we we kind of are divided a little bit on this movie up up front like i i i enjoyed it for i for me i'm trying to really change the way I watch movies a little bit. And what I mean is I'm trying to like think of like, you know, this came out in 63. I'm trying to put my head into like, you know, I'm, I'm like a, you know, a teenager watching this 1963. What would this feel like watching it then? Trying, you know, not going hard like that, but you know, have that idea while I watch it. Try to put myself in the, in the time of it, like who the audience was meant for. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it helps somewhat. I, I think that's a very important. And I think that that is very interesting, too, to see how what scares people has changed. Yeah. So I, I'm going to run back to budget. One quick moment. Okay. How the West was won. I just grabbed a... a a random early 60s movie. So it was one year earlier. It came out in... It was uh, produced in 62. It was released actually February 63. And it was considered a big budget movie. So it wasn't a small budget movie. Estimated budget, $1962. $15,000,000. Oh my God. That's like Avatar (laughs) in those days, I would think. Jesus. What else can um, To Kill a Mockingbird? To Kill a Mockingbird came out in 1962. Uh, let's look that up on IMDb's. So, not an effects-heavy movie. No. 
Um, very much story uh, driven movie. And its budget was two million dollars. And that was to that was to kill a mockingbird. Yes. Okay, that was nineteen sixty three. Yep. Okay. Nineteen sixty two. Nineteen sixty two. So I'm on an inflation calculator. Two million dollars in for inflation. Nineteen sixty two, two thousand nineteen. That would be seventeen million dollars. So what would uh, two hundred eighty thousand in sixty two dollars, sixty three dollars be today? Today two hundred. Two thousand a million eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that would be two thousand. That would be two million three hundred eighty-five thousand. About uh, three hundred eighty-six thousand. Two million three hundred eighty-six thousand, basically. That is that's cheap. Roger Corman won't be blowing his top. He's like, we got to get it down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What are we doing with these uh, C-list actors? Let's get uh, get it down to D, E-list actors. <laughs> so, I, what was plot-wise? I mean, I I don't know anybody's name in this movie. Doctor <laughs> Xavier. Let me see. I gotta have some kind of reference to mention names because I'm just like guy with the eyes, the woman. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> Dr. Xavier is uh, the star of the movie, and his uh, female counterpart, Dr. Diana Fairfax. Who is a woman. Uh, she lets you know. She, she lets, lets you know. know. She is a woman. Listen, doctor, I don't know what you've heard, but I'm a woman. Yes. Uh, it, this is... This is some of the beauty of going back to these old movies. It's not just the horror. It's the the social, the differences socially. Yeah, what, yeah. You, what you couldn't get away with today. Um, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. But the, there's a part in the movie where he tells her, uh, don't forget, I'm a doctor. And she says, don't forget, I'm a woman. <laughs> yes. But she's a doctor too. Was that at the naked party? That was at the naked naked knees party. Oh man, they get into that bebop like you know, uh, like what is that beat? It's like bump, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's once it started and you know people are twisting and oh wow wow they are they are jerking and a shaking and a twisting to something that is way slower than they should yeah. be once twisting so much for uh, once the clothes come off, man, even if it's just in somebody else's eyes, <laughs> the part, the real party starts. I I loved how the woman hit on him, and and okay, she's empowered. She's going to hit on the doctor, and she says, "I like a man who looks urgent." <laughs> what, the, what the heck does that even mean? I'm trying. I've what does about that mean? And I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's so you look urgent i like that <laughs> yeah I'd, i don't i can't find any in on that statement I, like there's I no know. it doesn't even sound like a compliment to me i mean at least if 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 she was to look at him and be like you look hungry i could at least like be like okay i mean i can 
across a couple right. of teas, getting around this corner. Okay, here right. we are. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a growing boy. I need to eat. <laughs> but you look urgent. I, I don't even understand. I will. I'm right there with you. I don't. I don't know. My favorite part of this movie is is kind of at the beginning. He's uh, with the other doctor. Doctor. Yes, doc- doctor. Doctor, but but doctor. Wait. Uh, but but doctor. Listen, doctor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm, I mean, I'm no doctor. But if I was friends with another doctor, I think we'd just call each other by our names. <laughs> right. Right. And they're clearly friends. They're yeah. friends and colleagues and so formal. But, doctor. but I feel like. I feel like the sixties were probably yeah, that's I I that that is a possibility. I I mean I can understand if it's like a higher up doctor how all that stuff works out, you know. But you know, but they're friends. They're clearly acquaintances. They work I mean, they know like it's clear. It's just clear. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the doctor thing I thought was was humorous. But doctor, no, doctor. <laughs> but clearly even though they're friends and close, he doesn't really give a damn about no. uh, his friend yeah. very much. Because when he plummets out of the window to the concrete below and dies, uh, <laughs> they don't make no effort to get help. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh. he's gone. But not just gone, like dead. Like, he must not exist anymore. He has fallen out the window. He hit the ground so hard. His essence has vanished <laughs> any want or need of concern for that doctor evaporated with his memory I mean it's just it's all doctor the doctor and the doctor woman immediately are like so anyway <laughs> right they just go about uh, planning the rest of their day yeah which was funny because last episode we were talking about Silent Night the police officer shoots Santa outside the orphanage and inside, oh, yeah. he's like, listen, Nothing listen. To see. Yeah, listen, that's in the past. Nothing we can do about that. Going forward. <laughs> so at what at what point in our in our history did uh, human life become something to be valued? It, it yeah. Obviously, not in the 60s, not in the 80s. Morals and consequences didn't exist until like 95. <laughs> yep. Uh, greatest generation, my butt. Oh, man. Yeah. So I something about the I am really I really liked the contact lenses that they used on the on the doctor Xavier. His name's Xavier. Yes. Yes. Mine just got blown. It's not Charles. It's It's not Charles. No, it's not Charles. But it might be his brother. Oh man! So his contacts—I think they tried to make it, you know, like a progression as it went on. Mm-hmm. But you know, those first couple times you notice his eyes, it's not good. It's not good enough to understand there's a difference with them. Right, right. I mean, once they go, you know, gold with black, and then just saw the black, there's a clear difference. I wish they could have. Uh, made it more apparent, you know, the progression of, you know, his vision with those contacts. But I understand so, that, you know, the time, but. 
with my history and, and my background in healthcare, mm-hmm. I'm worried that these were not contact lenses. But whatever yellow substance he was dripping into his eyes really fucked his eyes up. Dude, I when I remember you know being a kid, like kids used to put food coloring into their eyes to do what? that shit. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't. I was a child once too. Never once did I put eye co- eye food coloring in my eyes. Listen, I got into middle school, high school in the in the mid to late nineties. Once morals and consequences came into existence, and you know, kids were just figuring things out. <laughs> you put. I did. Yeah, eyes? there were there were kids that were doing that. I are they all blind now? Is there a, is there a rash of blindness in JD's County? It's it, oh. it's very possible. <laughs> what? Oh I, my god, I, that is insane. I don't I don't know if it hurt. I just know it was a thing there for a minute, and I don't even I know can't. if it did anything. I just know that it there were there was a hand there was a gaggle of children that was. That was doing that for a, for a second. No, my eyes burnt one day. I mean, I just woke up and the allergies and they were burning. And Stella made me put eye drops in my eyes, just regular like moisturizing eye drops in my eyes. Give it. No, that was torture. <laughs> I cannot. I can't sit there and see that dropper coming to me. But to know that it's not like medicine. That clear. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't. Oh no! Kids being no. idiots, man. That's what. That's you know. We had these consequences. Oh. They were brand new to us. We had to do something with them. <laughs> I am horrified by yeah. this now. I don't. It, I. I think you're putting too much. Too much on it. Like it wasn't like a whole. It wasn't all of us. I just remember like two, three, four, maybe kids. Like there were like, hey, I'm gonna put these blue eye drops in my eyes or this food color in my eyes. Just being like, okay. Got any yeah, weed? You know, that's for food, not eyeballs. Uh, I mean, I, it is what it is. <laughs> so, back to this movie. I, I like I said, I think I enjoyed this on a whole more than you did. And yeah, I, I, there are certain things like I ain't gonna say this is my favorite movie we watched on this podcast because it ain't. Mm-hmm. But it would have been. I th- I personally feel, and I enjoyed this movie for what it is. I personally feel that this could have been a f- amazing, like one of the best, like top five best, Outer Limits episodes you could have ever seen. Like I I, I don't disagree with you. New, I was or new school. I was excited because uh, when when we. When we, um, this was suggested on the Twitters, Horror House 2, at Horror House 2. By Mr. Jeff. To us, um, by Jeff. We, I asked for, um, what's your favorite underrated horror movie? And, and this is, uh, one of the suggestions. So, uh, you know, hit us up on Twitters, hit us up on the Facebook, and, and maybe we can do your movie. Maybe you can be on the podcast with us. Maybe. Mr. Jeff will be later. But when I started researching this movie, because I had never heard of this movie before. I neither. And one of the things I read was it was very, the idea was very uh, Lovecraftian in inspiration. Yeah. That and I was thinking like um, from beyond, yeah. where yeah. they start seeing things that only 
that exist in another plane they they can't be interacted with unless you can see them and and you know i i was really granted they probably didn't have you know the ability to do much with that 1962 because they i did like the some of the effects and oh let's film the skeleton of the skyscraper being built and then we'll superimpose that be behind it the finished or thing. with the building the finished building to give this effect like i mean you corman may be a cheapskate but he made it work um, for what it was he made it work he made it work I actually heard an idea from um, Warren Buffett one time said when he needs something done, when he wants to create a process mm -hmm. for how to do things efficiently, he doesn't want the smartest guy to do that. He wants the laziest guy doing the job right, to come right. up with a process because that's the guy that's going to cut out all the bullshit. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what Corman excels in, and, and he does make it work. He yeah. does make it work. I mean, it's not... I don't think it's hard to watch. Like, you can not like it, but, like, I think it was a... Uh, uh, like, what am I trying to say? Like, it wasn't difficult. Like, you watch some low-budget shit where it's like, God, like, they filmed this with a watch camera? Like a, you know, calculator oh, watch? No, no. <laughs> like, it's still it, it was, movie quality, I feel like, but, like... Yeah, it was, it was bad, and I've been pooping on a little bit, and I... And maybe for myself too, I I feel a little pressure to poop on movies more often because <laughs> I'm always the you know the shittiest fucking movie. I'm always like, come on guys, it wasn't that bad. Um, are we switching roles now? Because I I was it, like, I think we've switched roles on this movie somehow. We didn't even did we did at D and D did we accidentally pee in the same fountain? Oh my, maybe. <laughs> I, I did. I did turn you into a Russian with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, ah, yes. Yes. But uh, so I, I have thought, like going back to talking about, you know, this would have been a fantastic Outer Limits episode or Twilight Zone episode. There was a rumored final scene for this movie. So you know mm -hmm. how the movie ends, mm -hmm. you know, he, you know, that, 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 if thou, how did they, how did the preacher say it? Like, if you don't like what you see, if thine eyes offend you, pluck them out. Yes. And then it's kind of a jump scare. Like you think, think back to 1963. That's, this is probably a hardcore jump scare for back then. Like immediately he bends over, comes back up like super fast. Like his, but like the effect is not the best. <laughs> it's probably the best they could do with the, that, yeah. Technology budget and, and budget. Yeah. But, and then, you know, he shows his head pops back up, like he's plucked his eyes out. Very, um, like drawn on, kind of. Yes. yes. And uh, that's the end of the no movie. No blood. That's it's the, just red yeah. eye sockets, but there's no blood dripping down no his blood. face that I remember. And that's the end of the movie, right? Roll credits. There was a rumored final thing after that where he screams, I can still see. And then that would have been the end. And I'm like, that would have made that so much more horrifying to me. Like he's taking these drops and like, you know, you know, now is he's plucked his eyes from his own head, but he still has, he can still see, but you know, he's, he's become a part of this, you know, whatever this vision is, it's part of his, you know, being now he just sees with his mind. 
he and, he says at one point in the movie um, he can't sleep I he can't sleep yeah his eyelids he just sees right through them he says I can see all but a tenth of the universe and some they tell him only the gods can see everything and he I I am quickly approaching the gods or I'm I'm encroaching on the gods um very you know, this has driven him insane because he doesn't seem like a egomaniac at start. I mean, so yeah, but uh, I, I really wish that (laughs) see, I like this movie, but to say like, I wish it didn't exist (laughs) is super, not the right way to say that. I think as a episode of outer limits, it could have been, like one of those things that people look back on and it's just like, oh man, you got to watch this. Like, you know, those iconic Twilight Zone episodes. Mm-hmm. Did you watch The Outer Limits in the 90s? Yes. I think that this, if they had remade this it, during that stretch of The Outer Limits, could have been one of the best episodes of that series, that revival. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. When you, when you uh, brought that up in pre-production, I, I really, I was sold. Yeah. And it's already a short movie. Yeah. And I, we talked about that, you know, if there's certain parts that if you cut it out, it, it could fit right in there. Story-wise. It's so easy to do. It's right there. Speaking, speaking, you could cut down the whole uh, casino thing where he turns into a douchebag. Yeah. That doesn't need to, he's trying to rob the casino. He fights with the security guard. He takes off, leaves, Putting everyone else on the road in danger because he's driving and right. he can't see what's in front of him because he's seeing through everything. And he and and the douchebaggest move move of all, he leaves the woman. He leaves the uh, yeah. female doctor at the casino to suffer his consequences. I, I was when I was watching, I was like, wait, wait, wait she, you're not taking, you're not taking her. <laughs> Right. I I I thought she was going to run out and jump in the car at the last minute, but no, she don't. Uh, like you know cut that part out trim down the carny thing one of my favorite parts of the movie that i'm just now remembering is uh you get introduced to you know the carnival workers and everything you know his his shtick in the in the carnival mm-hmm. and then you get that scene where they're you know these carnies sitting around the table eating dinner or whatever and they're kind of talking shit on him a little bit and then he comes out and he's like oh yeah well what should i do to you know, be to aid mankind or whatever, and then the the one carney gives him shit like heart like bad like hey you know what you're nothing but a dirty carney you son of a bitch and he's walking off and I'm like carney's giving the other carney shit for being a carney <laughs> yeah no that's not I thought not that was cool, funny man. but cool. Don Rickles Don Rickles was great. I was super impressed with Don Rickles in this. Super duper impressed. He is such a, such an asshole. He is so slimy and dirty and he did it so well. I was super impressed. He he was so good at, he didn't cross that line where it became comical. No, he didn't. You know, he he was, he was, he was the, uh, yeah, he was great. He was great in his turn as villain. Which is kind of his comedy anyway. You know, he's the insult. He's the original insult comic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. He, I'm. I was just super. I couldn't. 
I'm trying to think of, was there anything humorous that he kind of did? I don't think there really was. He was kind of like a hard-ass, kind of like, we're getting in there, we're making money, you see? <laughs> kind of like yeah, wise guy, yeah. almost. And then when he goes to leave, he's he giving him up. He he made you sick. His devil eyes. I don't know if he yeah. calls them devil eyes. I <laughs> may have just totally invented that. But he, he tells everybody waiting to see the healer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one making you sick. And that would have been great for the Outer Limits episode. That whole, mm-hmm. he can't be a doctor, so he's going to try to heal people that way. You know, he's fallen from his doctor graces. Now he's like this down and dirty, like, you know, spiritual healer, air quotes. And then that would have been fine to start, you know, the police chasing him there. Like, build that part up just right. a little bit and then have the police come after him there. You don't need the casino part at all. And you nope. can still get to that, you know, end of the of the preacher being like, pluck your eyes out, bitch. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. See, if The Outer Limits ever comes back, and if they ever do this uh, movie and read the story, if we're not credited with it, I may have to sue a bitch. Just saying. All all of them. All of them. We're suing them all. (laughs) But any, any any other things on this? Did you see Tim Burton worked on a screenplay? Yes, yes. For a remake. And Tim Burton was like, no, nah, that's, that's too good. <laughs> With, uh, I, I, I will not pronounce this dude's name right. Brian Bol, Goluboff, 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 who, uh, Basketball Diaries with Leo DiCaprio when he was a baby boy. Oh. That's, that's Leo. really his, his biggest movie. For screenplay wise but yeah they worked on it together got this screenplay never remake never happened uh, and I just I don't see this as a Tim Burton kind of a thing I it, it could have maybe surprised us I don't know but no I mean yeah he's got away with stuff but it seems this doesn't seem like his wheelhouse to me no no that's not weird enough it's not got the quirkiness that tim burton really needs he may have ruined it if they did it like i don't think it would have been it would have been a shadow of what it could have been if 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 we were allowed to remake it as an outer limits episode (laughs) i'm super set on this like they got to revive that series and let us make this i've got so many remake ideas contact us (laughs) so in these in these uh old timey movies in in the 60s and the 50s there was really we talked about a little bit in the 13 ghost episode Mm -hmm. uh every movie even if there was not really any discernible difference from one to another they always had you know inspector vision all right and this this had what they 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 advertised it with spectrorama Spectrorama. Yeah, that was the oh, effect they used when they showed out. the building. Yes. <laughs> Spectrorama. What even is the Oh, the when he sees stuff through stuff. The building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. then the 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 going into Vegas, that was the most generic cuz it was just like you overexposed it or you, yeah. you know you had the colors, the extra, you know. I, 
what can you, you did do? the best. Yeah, you did the best you could. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on it, but I've got some ideas for this Outer Limits episode. <laughs> right. Like maybe you don't even show any of that. Maybe like you wonder, like does is can he even see what he's saying? Like that, that you got some mystery to that. That way, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know his idea. Like we're gonna iron it out. I don't know. <laughs> who who knows? Yeah. Leave so, what would you? What would? Wait. I'm curious. What would you rate this movie out of five stars? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are. You know, it's not. Some... It's not bad production quality. It's not. It's not your cup of tea. It's fine. It's not my cup of tea. It's. I didn't find it horrible. I just there weren't enough elements in it to make it horror for me, and that's why I have to mark it down. And I, I mean, I have to say two stars. I figured you would go even less than one. <laughs> I'll I, for me, I I would go a solid three, solid three. Okay. Like, I, there are certain things, like we talked about, that could have been tightened up story-wise, uh, but for what it is, I'm on board. I thought it did its job. But go, go ahead. I feel like I cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. I mean, to be a, to be a one for me, it it would have to be something Silent, that... Silent like, Night 2? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? That I, is great. I, I will... Li- I will... I will... If I... If you ask me in that episode what I rated that out of five stars, I'd be like, stars don't exist in this universe, Dave. <laughs> the night is dark. It's just black. No. No, no, uh, no. Mimage quality aside, that just, yeah. That's barely I, a movie to me. This at least was a movie. Okay, can I say on an aside, because mm. I know we'd usually stay 100% on topic. Oh, it's rare. I, <laughs> when we, when we I wanted Stella to take a video of me with my shred box, because I don't have a shredder in my office, so I have to have a box that reams of paper come in that I fill with shreddable material. Right, right. And then I have to carry it like a caveman <laughs> to the shred box once a week. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to her to make a quick little gif of me picking up the shred box and looking at the camera with a smile and saying, it's shred day! <laughs> Uh, what? And then we we got busy at work and didn't get to uh, uh, have fun. Okay, damn! I was like, why would she not do that? <laughs> she would have. She would have. She uh, is the best wife ever. She uh, humors me so much. I could have posted another video back with me and my guitar, being like, "It's Shred Day." Still. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Nice. So like thirteen ghosts, we're a little bit divided on this on this movie, which is cool. I like when there's a little bit of division. It spices things up. Mm-hmm. But I'm I so want to I so want to remake this as a as a maybe Masters of Horror. I don't know. I feel like Outer Limits is a better suit for this though. Bring that shit back. I want I want to I want in I want in real bad. Well, the the cost of entry is low if you uh, look at what Roger Corman has been able to do. So true. So uh, I mean, that's that is what it is, Dave. What do you think we should do next, man? 
let's uh, bring out our special guest and uh, see what he has to say about this uh, atrocious movie. All right, Jeff, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm... You're Jeff. Yeah, I'm Jeff. <laughs> what's what's some horror stuff that you what's what's like what what's your top couple horror movies? Any horror movies? Oh, any horror movies? Uh, Psycho. Uh, uh, anything Vincent Price, really. So you like you're like old school horror. Oh yeah, well, old school. Uh, I know. Uh, and you were talking with Chris. He brought up Nosferatu. That's a really good one. Uh, nice. Tim. Tim, sorry. I'm, I was. I thought you were just talking to Dave, like, <laughs> about me. I was just, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Chris. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what he's talking about. Uh, so, so uh, one of the things I think about horror is that some of that old school stuff was very atmosphere and theme and less reliance on like the special effects. Do you think modern horror is kind of going back that way? Uh, some, some movies are, some movies don't. Uh, some movies, yeah, they, you have to build that, that tension up where a lot of them are just, just constantly with the jump scares and, so um, one of the things that always seems to stick to me is this. Uh, the old school movies really had to build atmosphere and tension without uh, a reliance on special effects or uh, the jump scares as much. Do you think the new school horror is kind of leading into that same trend? Uh, yes, yeah, so, some movies are. Uh, uh, build that tension up. Uh, the, the Quiet Place, I think, kind of does that. I, I love that movie. I I personally love that movie. Uh, and the there's a teaser trailer I hear at the uh, Black Christmas movie. So, what drew you to this movie in particular? Uh, basically just get like horror movies and stuff. Uh, my dad had bought some VHS tapes from Premiere Video with uh, Vincent Price, uh, The Raven, The Pit and the Pendulum. Uh, and so I kind of got into that and it's like, okay, well, who's directing these movies? And it's like, okay, this is Roger Corman. And started trying to find other movies he did, like uh, Little Shop of Horrors. And then I found this one, uh, uh, X, the uh, man with X-ray vision. So is this your favorite Roger Corman movie? Yes, this is, this is my favorite one. It's just got a great uh, cast. Uh, Ray Milland, uh He's another one of my favorite movies. Uh, uh, the Long uh, He's just a really great actor. Uh, Don Rickles is Don a Rickles. good comedian. I was impressed with Don Rickles in this. 
He was maybe yeah, I think my we favorite bo- part. <laughs> I think I think we both liked how well he played uh, the villain <clears throat> in this. So I was expecting comic relief from Don Rickles, and I, he did not give it to me. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was very surprised. And then a uh, very good character actor, uh, Dick Miller, is in this movie. You know what big fans we are, Dick Miller. I think we talked about Dick Miller uh, in this movie and in other movies. Well, I th- you can't go on without mentioning that you two are Team Dick Miller. <laughs> yes, yes. We I... tried to always work that into our trivia team name, uh, sometimes over the protests of our women folk. I've not, I've not made it onto Team Dick Miller yet. I'm hoping one day I can get drafted. You're you're always welcome. You're always welcome with us. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. So I was just wondering, um, what are some of your um, takeaways or favorite moments in this movie? Uh, well, I mean, the, definitely the the ending uh, of the, of the film. Uh, Hi. There's. Uh, the scene uh, where you he's scared at, her away, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> now she's still here. Hi, Febreze. So the the ending. The what do you think? What do you think of the uh, the final scene that Corman says they never filmed, but there's rumors that it exists where he. Says he can still see. I don't know how exactly it plays out, but after the ending, what have you heard of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I read it online. I guess it's uh, in uh, Stephen King's uh, Dance Macabre, mm. where he mentions a movie in that book. Uh-huh. And apparently there there was supposed to be that line, and I guess uh, from another article I read, uh, Roger Corman, I guess they did talk about it, but they never like filmed it or nothing. Right. Do you think that would have changed the end for you at all if that had happened? Do you think it would have like made it better or worse or not? I don't much? think it would have. I don't want to. I don't think it would affect it that much at all. I think uh, the concept is neat. I it's interesting it's interesting there's there's a lot to it's kind of existential in a way just to get into it and it's it maybe was too deep for for that time it's like it may have it may have melted people's brains if they had done that yeah I mean there what there wasn't enough drugs to process it at that time <laughs> in the 60s that was too early in the 60s you yeah know. The Beatles still had short hair. Yeah. Okay. Can I have I bitched about the Beatles and their the this claim <laughs> that they had long hair? How many times have I complained about this? I don't know what people were looking at. The Beatles did not have long fucking hair. Uh, I'm right there with you. Because I mean, I. That, that, granted, we grew up in the age of the hair bands. Yeah. It's, I don't know. What are your feelings on the Beatles, Jeff? 
<laughs> Welcome. You didn't know this is the Secret Beatles podcast now. We cut this out and put it in our special Secret Beatles podcast that nobody knows about except us because it's it's too fire to release to the public. Any- it's, too, it's too good. <laughs> too good. So, X. Do you is- think there's any truth to the rumor that Paul McCartney died in the 60s and was replaced by a new Paul McCartney? I, yeah, I, I believe that's <laughs> true. I want to believe that's true. <laughs> See, I believe that the original Paul McCartney didn't die, but he was recruited by the government and groomed and eventually became the actor we know as Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you were going to say that they groomed him as an assassin, so he's the one that killed John Lennon. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> They're not your friends, Paul. They never were. That that would be crazy. (laughs) Going back to X. (laughs) (laughs) And Roger Corman. (laughs) I may get killed now because I'm part of a conspiracy that nobody ever thought of. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Couldn't you you see that as a Roger Corman movie? Like they take... Paul McCartney and they, they, they whisk him away from the Beatles and uh, train him to be an assassin and later send him after John Lennon. That's a Roger Corman movie right there. <laughs> well, Jeff's the Roger Corman expert. I think, I think he needs to. Yeah. Help us out. Help us out here, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Corman's Beatles movie, I, I think it would end with, with, all three uh, car chase and then a shootout. I mean, it'd be very stink, but this ensue, they wreck, they climb out of their vehicles, they punch each other, grab a gun, and shoot each Maybe, maybe like it's it. a gunfight after the car chase, and then they run out of bullets. And they're like, fuck it, now we got a box. <laughs> yep, yep. The other important question, though, is who's going to play Yoko? Oh, I, I don't think I don't think Roger Corman was an asshole, was he? Like a super asshole? I don't think he'd put her in there. I think he'd put Yoko in there, but I think it would be, she'd be a, an attractive uh, actress. Because, I mean, he doesn't shy away from putting a good pair of boobs in a movie. Listen, listen. He may have been a doctor, but she was a woman. <laughs> Jeff, so how do you, how, like, uh, it's kind of of its era. You were talking about that for a second, Dave, of the, you know, that, that there were a couple moments in this where it was super, uh, like, clear it was like the early 60s. Aged. Yeah. Where it's like you may you may be a neurosurgeon, but I I got boobs. Right. Like Although my- she's a doctor as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just. But like we said, uh, uh, we got to look at these kind of from the era they were made in. So I guess that's a thing. But what what's your do you have any opinions on that kind of stuff like the sec- uh, sexism? Uh, 
Yeah. So well, Corman was, you know, made a lot of movies around that time, a lot of kind of films. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he he had fun with it. Yeah, and I mean, that's you know, we talked about that. That's a little bit of you have to especially as time moves forward and you look back at these older films, even to the eighties and kind of some of the nineties movies, you got to kind of put yourself in that, in that era to appreciate the movie. Cause you're like, what even what? And then you're like, well, it, of course nobody is afraid of a fucking Jason these day, this day and age, but you have to pretend you're, it's 1984 again. And you know, right. Internet didn't exist. <laughs> The satanic panic was real, and yeah, you know, Sally Jesse Raphael was out there telling uh, our parents that us kids were getting ready to be kidnapped at any moment. Okay, and, and yet they still locked us out of the house on the regular. <laughs> uh, I, I think they were just trying to get us killed back back in the back in the day. Yeah, I believe you're right. Consequences became a thing in the 90s. Caring about your children also became a thing in the 90s. That's probably the downfall of America. I think it's when people started caring about their kids. Yeah. So, Jeff, what do you what do you think of if there had been a remake by Tim Burton? Because I was reading that he worked on a screenplay with this other dude and it just never got made. Do you have any opinions, even beyond Tim Burton, just a remake in general? Do you think a remake of this would work? Uh, uh, yeah. It's on who directed it. Like, Tim Burton. I, I love Tim Burton. Uh, if, he, if he did it, it would be its own thing. It wouldn't resemble the, the clap. Yeah. Uh, like, his other remakes he's done. Uh, it would be larger than life if uh, it, it to towards his hand, might that creepiness might come back instead of uh, a less human or, yeah. or more fantastical, yeah. But would he shoot it in grayscale? Oh, probably. I, I would all go back to uh, Ed Wood and. I I fucking love Ed Wood. That's one of my favorite yes. movies. Oh yes, that is a great movie. That is a great movie. But so, do you think he? I don't want to keep going on Tim Burton, but do you think it would have been a like a tongue in cheek kind of thing like Ed Wood was? Do you think it wouldn't have been like a true remake of the movie? He'd just be like kind of like kind of poking fun at it a little bit. I would hope that wouldn't be the direction that he would have went, but I don't know. No, I, I think he would he would try to, to uh, basically just do his own thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it would it would poke fun at, at the film at all. So just poking fun at the director Ed Wood. Yeah. And and movies. So, if, okay, say, say you were presented with the option to remake this. They're like, Jeff, you're the biggest fan of this movie that we can find. <laughs> what, what do we do? Is there any like big changes that come to your head like immediately that you would want to change about the movie? Or 
anything you would want to like make bigger than it was or things you would take out of it or anything that comes to mind? Uh, I mean, the movie's got, you don't know really where it's going to go. He's in, he's trying out this new chemical and then it just goes from, from him going from there and then going into kind of like the circus you know it might might be I think it might make it flow better from one point because mm-hmm. I guess the, the original beginning was going to make it seem more like it was uh, kind of like one of those after school you know Oh, wow! And then to that beginning, <laughs> right? I I think the eye at the beginning of the film it really helps put you into that, that mood because every time I my kids would be in the room, eye on the t- oh, turn this off. <laughs> my daughter would be like. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 scarring them with George Corman at an early age, so they're, yeah. they're prepared as they grow older. That's that's how you yeah. do it. Yes, it, it, it's a it's a parenting technique I have lived by. It's been abandoned. You got to bring it back. We wouldn't be here if that shit didn't happen to us. We've there's an episode I think where we talked about that kind of stuff. You're right. <laughs> Large March. Did oh. Did you watch Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure, Jeff? Ever oh, when you were a kid? Oh yes, I, I loved Pee Wee Herman when I was little. I had a little Pee Wee Herman doll. He had a little pull string in the back. But Large Marge, how did, did were you? I that didn't bother you as a kid watching it. No, I don't think it ever bothered me. As, oh my as, god, as a kid, Marge. I... Maybe I just the most of the movie I ever remember was him putting on the shoes and dancing on the bar. <laughs> Him the, running through all the different and, yeah so but maybe uh, the maybe the good parts outshine the horrific horrificness of of the claymation that they did i'll assume it's yeah, that I, <laughs> I, I i guess so because oh, there's a I, I listened to that uh large march like i i don't ever recall I, I guess it just never really phased me. It was just like, okay, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think you may be the first person that was, like, badass enough as a child to be like, that. fuck that shit. That don't bother me. Yeah, <laughs> balls of steel, Jeff. Me and my you cousins would watch steel. that scene through our through our fingers, <laughs> through our hands, covering our eyes, like, fuck this. Nope. Nope, please, God. Well, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. Oh. I know me and my sister would like try to creep in and watch my dad. I think he was watching uh, Nightmare on the Street 3 at Dream Warriors. Yep. And, you know, my mom saw us like peeking up behind the couch. <laughs> I was like, no, no, turn this off. No, go, go to bed, go to bed. And so, like, my horror movies are like uh, Labyrinth and uh, oh. of, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the uh, uh, 
uh, what's the dragon called now? Alice in Wonderland. Um, There's a dragon in Alice in Wonderland. I clearly don't know Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> dragon. I've not done enough drugs, apparently. <laughs> are you are you fucking with me? Uh, oh, what was it called? Are you talking about the caterpillar? No, no, not the caterpillar. Have you have you seen the music with uh, the caterpillar was played by uh, Sammy Davis Jr. What? I have no. This is. Oh, no, I have not seen this. Oh, it fell. It is Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky. Oh. That's it. I still don't know what yeah. that is. A quick Google search told me, <laughs> but that's still. <laughs> yes, the Jabberwocky. That that was some scary stuff because everything's like fine and all set, and then the Jabberwocky would come out. I would like get scared and like run away, and then <laughs> she had to face her fears and be, you know, down the jab that part. And then, uh, uh, Carol, uh, how she sings, it's like very high, and then she's and then she turned uh, just out of nowhere, just starts bad dying, and she turns to like, like a sh- and like, and then run off. It, that freaked me out. Wow. I th- that day to uh, an owl. <laughs> wow. I had no I, I I clearly don't know Alice in Wonderland. Like, the name Jabberwocky strikes a bell, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I re- know there's a poem, but I didn't realize, but it is included in the Alice in Wonderland story. Just never made a Disney version of the film. I guess that's what it is. Damn. <laughs> okay, so my next question, going back to X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Jeff, did you know, you probably do know, that there was a comic book adaptation of this the same month that the movie came out? No, no, I didn't know there that. There was. It's, it's easy, it, oh, I shouldn't say it's easily bought online, but I found a copy online that's relatively cheap. But to go along with that, the X-Men, Marvel's the X-Men, came out the same month as the both of these. And I need you Oh wow. I need you to tell me what was going on in the sixties with X and X-Men and X stuff. Cause I feel like you're the person to answer this question. <laughs> uh I know my little my some research that I had in the movie, uh like he was writing it, uh, it, it, he was wanting to have like the, you know, how the movie is, and they decided that it was going to be a jazz musician instead, mm-hmm. and then decided that was the wrong way to it being a doctor. Yeah. But where does Cyclops well, and Iceman come in? <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, messing with, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I think the doctor with the good spine, the female doctor, I think that might be Jean Grey. I, just, I, we, I was, uh, I always try to find something kind of goofy to put in into the podcast, and I saw all of this just combined, released in the same month, not even the same year, not even, you know, a couple years. It was all the same month. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
what's going on? And Dave was saying, like, 60s, everything was, like, unknown that was, they would call it X, or how, how did you, how did you say it that? It was, yeah, it was, like, Planet X, or X-Rays, where, where, when they were discovered, they were called, because they didn't know what these things were, so they just called it X-Rays, and then yeah. it branched from there, but, yeah. it, X was definitely the letter of the 60s. And the nineties. <laughs> it's it matches everything comes in thirty year cycles. Okay. So the two thousand twenties, I'm predicting a resurgence by stock in the letter X. All right. We want to thank Jeff for joining us this week. Great discussion on X the Man with the X ray eyes. Dave, what what should we do now? What's cool? What's, well, what should the it's about time hear? to wrap it up, but uh, it wouldn't be a Horror House podcast without the Horror House 5. Superpowers suited for horror. Strength. Strength is all over, especially slasher movies. The, you know, you get just super strength. You bash a teen into a into a tree in a sleeping bag. That you got to be strong Jason. to do that. Michael, Jason, Michael, Michael. Myers, Terminator. No. Oh my God, that's strength beyond human strength. That's yeah. that's pure robot strength. Uh, the, the more the recently tank. Hatchet. Yes, yes. Great. I mean, that's I'm nearly Jason, but strength is is primal. It's so suited for horror. It's Jason if his dad was a fucking alligator. <laughs> Invisibility. Uh, think H.G. Wells and the Invisible Man, and I know they're rebooting it, but uh, if you can't wait for that to come out, go back and watch Hollow Man with, with the bacon. Everything's Baconator. better with bacon. Everything's better with bacon. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're a dick but, with invisibility, there's so much chaos you can you can create. It's right there for you. <laughs> Oh, it, it's it's great. It's great, but it's horrible at the same time. Hor horrifying to be that way. It's easy to see how that person could lose their mind. Mind control, telekinesis, like, and more, more just controlling other people's minds and their what they think, reading their minds, what they're you know what they're thinking, seeing what they're thinking. So much professor, a, a stable of Professor X abilities to a degree. The, the package, the the total Professor X package. Yes. When you're in somebody else's brain, is there anything that's more horrifying, really? Somebody invading your thoughts. Like, listen, I I feel like I'm pretty okay, but like I I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty embarrassed and like. Uh, weirded out if somebody could see into my thoughts if you but even from the other side if you could if you were constantly reading everybody's thoughts if you couldn't turn it off the cacophony of sound and the yes. horrible things people are thinking and visual that would destroy you let alone like you couldn't have a normal interaction with anybody yeah they would constantly be worried uh, about protecting their thoughts. Yeah, you, you would be shunned and stoned so quick. The power 
of attraction. It sounds great, don't it? I mean, you know, uh, you have a look or a pheromone or the sound of your voice or something just makes you irresistible uh, to the opposite sex, the same sex, both, all of the above, you know, what, whatever. It sounds great. Yeah. But if that power was supercharged and out of control, it would be horrible to have that power. If there's, if you uh, can't shut it off. Oh I, yeah. There was a love potion number nine from the nineties. Sandra Bullock, one yes. of her first things was kind of that way where, you know, I, I got this love potion. I've used it wrongly. And now all these women are women or, you know, they're all after me. I, there's nothing I can do. That would be cool at first. <laughs> But it would wear out its welcome fast. And then it almost becomes a zombie kind of situation. Yes, and beautifully done in uh, Rick and Morty, Rick Potion number nine. <laughs> Everybody. And then the cure for the love potion, Cronenberg's The Entire World. Oh, never go full Cronenberg. Never. Oh. <laughs> The Midas Touch. Dave, this was your idea, and it's fan-fucking-tastic. I, you you proposed this idea, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like Medusa, you know, turning a man to stone. But no, but no. I don't want to, I don't want to combine these. I think this is a better idea on its own, because it's not been done, to my knowledge. Having, you know, we, we, touching stuff. Every, yeah, everybody knows the story of Midas King Midas and, and how he got tired of gold because everything he touched turned to gold. But it, I mean, he doesn't have to live that horror for very long because you got to eat, you got to drink right. and you can't because the second you pick up that cheeseburger, it turns into gold. Can't eat. Uh, you can't right, touch you people. You take a drink. The second that drink touches your lips. It turns into gold. You you want a uh, hug from your grandma? Oh. Uh, from your friend? You know, shake hands uh, with your buddy? For giving yeah, you a ride drunkenly home bumps. from D&D? &D? It yeah. will never happen again if you want to keep that friend alive. <laughs> Holy cow. You couldn't fap. Your or, junk would turn into gold. I wonder, would you take it that far? Like self-touch? You know, just like... Because, I mean, you, you're always, your elbows touch your sides and stuff. I don't, I'd uh, be afraid to find out. I don't know that I would be able to stop myself from finding out. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it doesn't even have to be gold, like stone, any, you know, sludge, you know, make it more horrific. Like you melt whatever you touch. That's Salt. super hor. I mean, you know, to touch anything. You know, I mean, would be would your ass count? Like, can you sit down? <laughs> you couldn't. You could. Could you wear clothes? You, could you certainly yeah. couldn't put them on yourself because definitely touching anything with your hands is yeah. is working. But I mean, I touching think, it to your skin, to your bod. Yeah, it's who knows. I the the personal part of it, I feel to me, is the most horrific, and I think it's so suited for horror. Maybe there's a movie that we've missed, and maybe somebody can can clue us in onto this and school us a little bit, because I would love to see a movie that has some of this kind of stuff in it. It'd be fantastic. You'd uh, almost have to do it like an X, where the power starts off mild, 
Yeah. And then accelerates so that at first, you know, he has to concentrate with his touch to turn something. And then eventually, like like we said, the clothes, the food, the, you know, everything. Yeah. Hey, Outer Limits guys that are remaking the Outer Limits here probably hopefully very soon. Contact us. We're the Accelerators. That's the name of our our uh, story writing group. <laughs> we, start, <laughs> we start slowly, build up. Let's, you know. We we got it. We got the ideas too, man. We're the idea man. Yeah. There's a, there's your whorehouse uh, five, everybody. The good shit this week. There's some good shit this week. Oh yeah. They know it. They everyone, know it. Everyone only sees the good of superpowers, but some of these yeah. superpowers would be horrible to face off against, or but even horrible just to have. They, it's not all uh, unicorns and rainbow farts or rainbows and unicorn farts. All right, that about does it for this week. Another episode of Whorehouse Podcast, episode thirteen. Man, we've done thirteen of these already. It's that's a magic number in the horror verse. Yeah, are we gonna die now? Is this the one uh, that, that, that kills us? Maybe it. It might. So far, we're surviving. We must be the final girls. At first, I was afraid, Dave. I was petrified. I couldn't live without you by my side. <laughs> uh, Do you want to put another Sarah Jessica Parker thing before we go? Uh, I put you on the spot. I'm, yes, you, yes, you did. I'm only a little bit sorry. <laughs> I, I think we've scared people enough for today without any more Sarica. You're not wrong. Hey, maybe she could be in our uh, X the Man with the X-Ray Eyes Outer Limits episode here in the next couple of years. Seeing through her would surely be better than seeing her. <laughs> I threw the ball up and then you hit it out of the park. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> uh, uh, so we I, had a good time. I hope you guys had a good time listening. Remember to hit us up on uh, the Facebooks. And uh, at Whorehouse2 on the Twitters. Please. Uh, you can reach out to us at whorehousepodcast at gmail.com if you prefer the uh, web mails. And uh, Chris, what is your pick for uh, our next movie Ooh, adventure? For next week, I'm going with one of my favorites. But, uh, but, but, caveat, but. It is. It has been cut. It has been recut into a director's cut that they thought was once not possible. I'm going with Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Justice League. Clive oh. Barker's Justice League. That'd be a weird fucking movie. <laughs> We're going with Nightbreed for next week. Oh, great! I love. I love Nightbreed. I have. Uh, not as long as I thought. Because it's not as old as I thought it was. Yeah, we both but, thought this uh, was a few, a couple years older. But you've not, you've not yet seen the director's mm-mm, cut, mm-mm. and I've told you that this, the director's cut, turns this into an almost different movie. So if you guys I, listening haven't haven't watched the director's cut, join us. It turns it into I, a nearly different movie. I've heard it was out there. I've heard it was out there, and maybe from you. Um, I like the original, but there was some elements missing. Oh, I hope this yes. fills it in. So, I mean, it's, um, there's some sequel bait, but it's, it's acceptable. It's acceptable. 
All right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, at Jeff Mullen, thank you for joining us today. And uh, like I said, hit us up on the webs. Later. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>